It's Amy's Table, a girl's guide to living with Amy Tobin on Q102. Pull up a chair and join us. According to product design expert Barbara Flanagan, a smart home harbors the things you need and love and no more. The smarter you get, the better you learn to love a smaller collection of household products that are long-lasting, easy to maintain, and brilliantly, beautifully useful. And with that in mind, Barbara scoured the marketplace for the indispensable products that resulted in her book, Flanagan's Smart Home, the 98 Essentials for Starting Out, Starting Over, Scaling Back. Hello, Barbara. How are you? Hi, Amy. How are you? Well, I am great. I don't know if I could make it with just 98 things. (laughs) Well, you don't have to choose 98 exactly. You can add a few here and there, of course. And uh, it's just suggestions, not, uh, you know, uh, you can do what you please. But of course, really good suggestions and cause for pause. As I was reading through it, I thought, you know, we do. We have so much superfluous stuff in our life. And what do we spend our time doing? Pretty much moving it and dusting it. That's true. Yeah, it takes a lot of maintenance. And I'm suggesting objects that really are low maintenance um, and uh, perform well over time. So they have value. They last and they're easy to take care of. Well, I like at the beginning of the book, you've got this question, how to use it. And you've got 10 questions. We won't run through them all, but the first one is, do I need it? And boy, oh boy, would that stop probably 50% or more of people's purchases, wouldn't it? Exactly. You know, it's so much fun to shop, actually. Shopping really feels like designing, I noticed. I noticed that when I stopped shopping and started designing more, getting more productive. Um, It really is a, a, a very kind of addictive pastime. But if you if you can if you can try to shop less, you find that you can you have much more time to do other things that are more interesting. Yeah, because actually, I've got to say, I know I'm not speaking for most women. I'm probably a minority, but shopping bores me no end. Oh my God, you you are in a minority. I know. However, I do love things and I love having things and and getting things. I just don't always like the milling through the mall to find them. But you know, one of the things I think is interesting is my sister used to say to me, oh, I'd rather have one beautiful sweater than like five trendy ones or whatever. The Mm -hmm. same is sort of true. For example, you talk about in what you need for sleeping, an alarm clock, bedside lamp, floor lamp, flashlight, the the list goes on. But if you really didn't have all the other junk you could probably have the world's coolest alarm clock and afford it, right? Because you wouldn't Absolutely. be spending it on the rest. Yes, you know, I wrote a book about houseboats a couple years ago, and I, I was visiting people who lived in spectacular places um, on docks with great views, great neighbors, and they told me, because we have small living quarters, we can afford the best of what we truly need. And uh, because they're able to go out on a limb with that kind of adventure, they can enjoy each other and really have a, a great time in, in amazing places. I think that's very true. So was was the, the reason for your book then minimalism and spending your time in other ways, or what was some of the motivation for you? Well, I, was, I moved from um, a really huge Victorian house after a divorce. I had to move. It was financial. I couldn't take care of that gigantic house uh, by myself. Um, and I moved to a small one that I had designed for my mother, who was no longer living there. Um, and I noticed as, as I was selling off and giving away my possessions that, um, that there were only a few of them that really had value and that I really loved. So for my new home, I decided to, you know, very assiduously choose things that I loved and worked well and worked well over time. And now actually I'm moving from this house to a house in Santa Barbara, not in Pennsylvania. And I find that I'm doing the process and 
getting, getting rid of even more stuff, <laughs> getting even more um, decisive. And, and actually, I can make that move to the city that I really have loved forever because I'm not afraid of um, parting with possessions. Right, exactly. Well, that's what they often say when you're trying to clear out the clutter is act like you're moving. Well, Barbara, if your next book is The 45 Essentials, I'm going to draw the line there. I won't be able to make it. (laughs) No, the next book is obviously on camping. Right? <laughs> That's right. Well, the other thing is you approach, you've talked to the people who have created some of the products that you mm-hmm. think are the essentials and the design behind them. And for example, I've just flipped the book open to the pepper mill. And of course, I believe one cannot live without a great pepper mill. Ah. And so talk to me about your pepper mill experience. Well, I've had some bad pepper mills in my life. And yeah. they're definitely, they've definitely been sort of novelty items. Um, but through um, a, a strangely large amount of research, I found that it, there is one pepper mill recommended above others that grinds the pepper in, in two ways. There are two processes. processes. Um, and I also found that, uh, that pepper is something of a, of a difficult spice to crack because it, um, it's not like salt. It's not a mineral. It's um, an, an herb that has a life. It's dry or or moist or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's a little bit tricky to uh, um, to grind. This one Peugeot pepper mill grinds it with a special mechanism of, um, of specially cut gears that are very sharp, and it's not expensive to make that pepper mill. So I recommend that you, that you buy this, keep it a long time, and, and not use a bunch of silly things that look fun, may f- be fun to use until they break within a week. Exactly. We've all had them, haven't we? Those mm-hmm. funny ones that are cute for a while, but that's about it. Exactly. And and But I love this because I agree wholeheartedly with the things you're, you're co- cooking utensils. And that's one of the places where Americans are, mo- well, not Americans, probably everyone in the universe is the most guilty is yeah. the gadget. And they don't call it a gadget for nothing. Just the name to me implies sort of, you know, extra or whatever, but you've really got a lot of tools that can be used in many ways. And you have sought out some, some of the really good ones. Um, Scissors, for example, Mm -hmm. that's a good one. You know, when I was a kid, my mom, we would take her sewing scissors (laughs) and cut paper and she would know. (laughs) I don't know how she knew. (laughs) Yes. In those days, scissors were, were uh, very carefully, uh, they were assigned to different tasks and that's because um, they were very hard to grind at, uh, in those days, and they weren't made of stainless steel. Um, the, the scissors that I recommend, which are Fiskars, um, are, they're not on, the steel is not only beautifully ground and very durable, but they're very ergonomic. They feel good to use. And when Fiskars came out with this pair of scissors that we now take for granted, it was pretty radical because the, the pair at the time was a very, very heavy, very uncomfortable pair of uh, cold steel scissors that, that, and that didn't necessarily cut very well, unless they were very expensive. And now they are. They're so different. And everything is ergonomic. And, and do you think more and more products are really designed for comfort and for feeling natural and sort of feeling like one with you? Well, there was um, a, sort of a trend in the 1990s to go ergonomic, but I think that that trend is going to continue even more seriously now that baby boomers are realizing that they don't have the, the flexibility and agility with their hands that they used to before. So I think there's going to be another, another real revolution in the way products are designed. I think they'll be designed for lightweight, uh, for their weight. Things will be made of different materials. 
Um, and I, I think it'll be very interesting. Actually, as a designer, I'd like to be part of that. Oh, I bet. If you're just joining us, we're speaking with Barbara Flanagan, author of Flanagan's Smart Home, The 98 Essentials for Starting Out, Starting Over, Scaling Back. Well, that's the other thing is we are all literally scaling back based on the economy. And I think also the size of homes, you know, the McMansion is on its way out and the, the more close feeling home is on its way in. All yeah. the more reason to keep our possessions a little more minimal. Mm-hmm. And so do you think that's probably going to be part of what we're all looking at as we as we move in either up or down or sideways in our lives? Yeah, I think it's reasonable to expect that your household is not only cozier, but more interesting and maybe a little bit more fun. Um, for example, um, when I was trying to figure out what what a good blanket would be like, um, I experimented with a new kind of low-voltage um, uh, fleece, electric blanket and i found that it was incredibly fun and snugly to use just really great and people that have tried it have also said the same thing um but also it's kind of green to use because you can turn down the thermostat really low at night have the you know the air in the bedroom cool maybe even open up the windows in february but know that you're going to be warm all night so that's an example of um a feeling. Smart, really yeah. Great. I wondered why you had called out an electric blanket, and I didn't read that through the book. So that makes sense to me now, because I've never had an electric blanket in my life. But that does make sense. Yeah, now it's a new kind of electric blanket, not the old kind with, with bulky wires that was really pretty gross. Right. Oh, God, I remember people getting burnt by those. Yeah, this one is it's not dangerous because it's low voltage. The wires are tiny. And also because it's made of polar fleece, you can use it dur- during the summer. It's almost like silk. It, you know, you can feel warm or cold depending on what the weather is. It's pretty magic. Well, very good. Well, boy, it's nice that you did all this research for us and all the information is in the book. You can find your 98 Essentials, too. I'll put all of Barbara's information on amyscable.com. But Barbara Flanagan, thank you so much for sharing this great information today. Thank you, Amy. It was a pleasure talking to you. Stick around for another helping from Amy's Table on Q102. Q! You are not too.